Welcome back. I'm Oliver Sibley. This is Outlaw Catholic. And again, I have with me Luke. Hello. Welcome back. Thanks for having me back. Of course. So the goal for this one was to pick up where we left off. Yeah. Which was talking about semi-culture stuff and some music. Oh, yeah. And we had left off with talking about Dear Evan Hansen. Best musical ever made. You think so? I would garner it's one of them. Do you do you have a list of top musicals? Uh yeah, I'd say like Hamilton, Dear Evan Hansen's up there. I'm trying to think of other ones that I've seen that were really good. These are very new agey. Yeah, I mean it's just because like that's when I got into musical theater, so I think they're better than everything else. Mm-hmm. So I have a hot take. I don't think Hamilton is as good as. Oh yeah, you're wrong. Okay, what's your like? What's your pitch? Why do you think Hamilton's so good? Oh, because Hamilton, like, yes, I think there are parts of it that aren't as good as people make it out to be, but there's so much beautiful imagery in the music, and there's also so much callback to different things within the music itself. There's like different points where different keys and stuff from the music is played in different parts of the show. And it's just crazy. There's so much thought that went into every single thing. You know that that, this is part of the reason why Really, I'm quick to, well, it's not the fact that they do it, because I think they do it well. Yeah. But the thing for me is that this has been done before. Sure. I mean, if you look at um, Phantom of the Opera, it's pretty clear Sure. that they like use the same melodies throughout. And that's why I've heard people talk about using the same music again and again as revolutionary. It's like, this is not as new as you well, think I don't, it is. I don't think it's revolutionary. I just think that it like is done really well in points that are perfect callback moments for like the sure. overall story arc of not only bringing back like what has already happened, but also mm-hmm. reminding the audience of the viewpoint of the character they're watching. So like yeah. when George Washington asked Hamilton, do you want to be like, I'm asking you to lead with me. Right. There's like a point where it's like, I'm not throwing away. My shot starts getting sung really lowly. Yeah. But like that beat comes back and everything. And it's like, Oh yeah. Like Hamilton has still worked for everything he has. Right. And it's like, Oh, he has, he can't throw away the shot that he has. Yeah. And that's, what's kind of crazy about it. I mean, that is a really cool piece. And, like, also, here's why I love Hamilton. There's a song when Eliza finds out that Hamilton's been cheating on her this whole time. Mm-hmm. She sings the song Burn. And Burn is beautiful. But here's why Burn is so good. <laughs> because there's a part where she talks about how, like, the letters he wrote her. She says, you built me um, palaces out of paragraphs. You built cathedrals. And at first glance, you're like, oh, yeah, because, like, it's really beautiful. Like, she made, like he made this love that was really beautiful and romantic. But then you think about it more, and maybe Lin-Manuel Miranda meant to do this or not. She's not only saying that, like, their love is like that, that is, like, the highest of the people. Their love is so good that it's divine love. That it's love that is worshipped in a cathedral. And that right that there is, really is why it's pretty crazy, <laughs> that is right? Really good. <laughs> and yeah. also, I just love a good villain. Yeah, I really love a good villain, oh, especially that one. 
Oh, yeah, because you... Jonathan Groff. Oh, yeah. You'll be back. <laughs> Time yeah. will tell. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> love that song. Oh, yeah, everyone loves that song. Fight the fight and win the war. Oh, yeah, oh. he like, plays like this abusive ex-boyfriend that's like <laughs> freaking out because people are leaving. And then he's like, you'll be back. You can't live without me. And or, then... I will kill your friends and family. Exactly. To remind you of my love. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the point. It's like, he's like an abusive ex-boyfriend that's like, you're going to come back to me because you were incapable of living without me. Like, it's so perfectly, like, done. Yeah. And it's resonated so well. Plus, I mean, there's rap music, you know? Yeah, like rap, the first, rap music. Like, in a sense. Like, it was the first, like, musical to embrace that kind of, like, yeah. new age music culture. And it, I think, like, you know, U.S. history is really important to a lot of people. And Yeah. I mean, also, you think about the fact of satisfied and helpless, man. Dude. When she, like, Eliza tells her whole story of how she falls in love with Hamilton, and then her sister comes out and is like, yeah, toast to the groom, and then rewinds everything back to when they first met, and is like, I'm in love with this man, and I can't have him. Yeah. Like, that's so, like, it resonates with everybody. Yeah. Because there's just, like, some truth in that of, like, somebody you love that you know you can never have because you made some mistake along mm -hmm. the way. And you gave it up. It just resonates with people of like that long lost love that you wish you yeah. could have, but you see someone else have it. It is cool. Just bringing, <laughs> making history cool. Yeah. yeah, of course. <laughs> Doing a better job. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, not everything's really historically accurate, but close enough. Yeah. It, the overall message of it is cool. And I think it's good. Like, I think it was like, it brought in a whole new wave of people that never would have gone to the theater and never embraced the arts the way they did. And for that alone, that's good. Yeah. I haven't talked about Hamilton in years. Yeah, because people forget about it now. Cause it, when did it come out? Uh, like 2015, 2016, something like that. During that time, I mean, still, this kind of resonates still, but... If a bunch of people like something before I know about it, and then I hear over and over, oh, this is so good. I love this thing. You should like this thing, too. My, Especially then, my immediate yeah. response was no. No. <laughs> Not a chance. Can't be basic. It's like, oh, I hate that thing. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm going to fight. For, I'm going to fight against that. Yeah. I mean, that, well, like as someone who finds out about all these things because I did theater in high school. And then finds out about all these things cool before everyone else. I'm like, yeah, I've, I already know this stuff, all right? <laughs> like, I already know the word to every song. You're not that cool. Oh, you know about Hamilton now? <laughs> I was a fan before it got popular. <laughs> well, you know what's actually really funny? It's fun fact. My dad and I went to New York right before Hamilton, like, blew up. And we could have gone to see it. And he said no. Because he hates plays. Your dad hates plays and you did theater in high school? It was before I like really got into theater. Oh. It was like right when I was getting into theater. And he was like, I don't want to go watch some play. Because like at the time, no one knew how good it was. Everything was still like kept under wraps about how amazing it was. And so he was like, why would we go do that when we can go do this stuff? <laughs> yeah. What other play? Did you see other plays whenever you were there? In New York? I saw School of Rock, actually. Really? Yeah. We were just talking about School of Rock before we started recording. Yeah. What was the play? Like it was really good actually. 
the story itself was about these kids trying to show their parents that they could have fun while also being really good at what they do. Is the play much different from the movie? I wouldn't say it's much different. It definitely is different in the sense that there's more of a focus on the kids and like the kids Mm -hmm. battle to kind of come out from under their parents and be like, I am my own person. Why won't like, cause the whole play is framed. Like the parents send these kids to these, this great school and the parents don't have any time for them. Mm -hmm. So when they're trying to show them like these cool things that they're learning, the parents don't have time to listen to them and everything. That is a little bit different from the movie. Yeah. Uh, but I, I liked it. It was really interesting. Which is, it's probably a good thing for a play standpoint because oh, yeah. the movie, if you haven't seen the movie School of Rock. It's freaking amazing. The movie is the movie because of Jack Black. Oh, yeah. it's It would not uh, be School of Rock without Jack Black. No, Jack Black is like the king. He he makes it cool. Definitely does. I didn't get no allowance today. Now I'm really to mouth. It's like, I don't know if anyone could have done that role as well as he did it. You gotta fight the man. <laughs> Step out! Step out! Step out! Oh, yeah. It's a beautiful movie. Um, that is, that movie's hilarious. Yeah. But yeah, I, uh, I wanted to go see Darren Hansen also, and... At the time when I checked for tickets, they were only $100. And I told my mom, I was like, hey, mom, we should buy them. And, like, my whole family just, like, procrastinates with everything. We don't <laughs> we don't remember to do things all the time. And so we'll just, like, forget about it. And then I'll be like, wait, do we do that? And they'll be like, no. And I'm like, all right, let's check. And then the tickets were, like, $300 because Dear Evan Hansen had blown up by then. Oh. And I was, like, so crushed because I was, like, all I want to do is watch this. <laughs> and um, But now there's a movie for Jeremy Hansen. Yeah, but the movie, I don't even want to watch it. It's not the same. I haven't seen the play or seen the movie yet, but I've listened to the music. Oh, the music's beautiful. The music is the key to understanding our generation, I would begin to... <laughs> The music! <laughs> That's another <laughs> school of rock. That's another School of Rock reference. Yeah. You love doing references. Oh, dude. I, I feel like every... It's so good. I swear the last episode we just recorded was the first time you didn't make some sort of reference in one of these podcast episodes. Yeah. Well, I mean, last episode that we recorded together was a lot of your story. And yeah, I didn't want to... I know. Oh, that reminds me of this movie that I watched. <laughs> that would just be an insult oh my to, gosh. to the reality. I would probably find it funny. Maybe other, maybe your listeners wouldn't, but I would think it would be hilarious. Um, I, I don't know. Out of respect for you, I didn't want to do it. I appreciate like it. But, but yeah, but like... I mean, I'm always thinking of movie references and things. Just because oh, yeah. it's so... It's just such an entertaining way to oh, yeah. reveal something that's true. Yeah. And... There's so many references that are just appropriate. Yeah. Honestly, I wish you knew my brother Nick because he is so good at making references. Really? He has an incredible memory. And wow. so for me, it's like, oh, like what was that movie? Da da da. Um like earlier with Yeah. You had said something about Rocky, like a Rocky quote. Yeah, Rocky and, Balboa quote. And for me it was driving me crazy. It's like, oh, what movie which one was that? And then you know, like I still couldn't think of it, but yeah. with my brother Nick, he's got it on deck, ready to go. He knows the accurate quote. He knows where it's from. Yeah, that's crazy. And 
they're not off base weird references. That's He's crazy. just in it. It's it's really really impressive. That's how my dad is with sports. Wow, he, he could tell you every team that won every like Super Bowl in the past fifty years. That's remarkable. Yeah, he's kind of crazy. Like I don't understand <laughs> it, but I'll be like, "Who won the Super Bowl in nineteen eighty five And he'll be like, "Oh, well, the Arizona Cardinals beat the blah blah blah. There, this guy was their quarterback. This was uh the best linebacker on that team. Like all this like." Because all he does, like, he loves sports. That's he knows wild. everything about sports, especially now he does fantasy, dude. Oh, no. He learns so much. It's kind of crazy. Is but... he betting on it? Does he make some money? Yeah. Really? Oh, this year I think he's got a really good shot. I'm really <laughs> excited for him because he's like. Are you playing against him? No, 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 no. But he. Uh... I, would, I would never. I would no, never. I would not. You don't understand. Come August, he is writing down, like, list after list after list of potential draft players he's going to draft uh deciding who he wants to draft in that position like it's crazy wow yeah he's like really into it and he's really like tries really hard and he's like messed up so many times because <laughs> he just gets screwed because some guy gets injured and then he's like oh man you know some guy breaks his arm like evan hansen did and then it's the all whole about, season's it's all done about, it's all about evan hansen it's always about evan hansen <laughs> it always has been yeah, man, dude. I mean, anyway, sorry to get on that side tangent. Well, but. I'm curious as to, for you, whenever your dad, your dad is such an obvious sports guy that how was it whenever you, in high school, were like, I'm going to start doing theater? Was he like... Oh, no, he was super supportive. He was, like, really happy. That that's I, like, awesome. Yeah, because, like, my dad, like, is really into sports, but, like, he, like, only wants his kids to be happy. Like, he, that's like, great. really is like, I just want you guys to do something you love. And oh, my I'll dad's support. the same way. Yeah. And so, like, when I started doing theater, he was like, that's really good. Like, I'm really happy you have something you can do with yourself. That's you awesome. Know? And I was like, thanks, Dad. And then I became a total theater nerd and, like, wanted <laughs> to see all this stuff. A thespian? Yeah, a thespian. And the, the theater. Ha, ha, ha. But, yeah, <laughs> theater is actually the reason why me and my grandma got so close. Because she started going to, she would get season tickets to, like, the theaters around her. Really? And we would go. I was her theater buddy, and that's how we got so close, because I would always go with her. That's and, awesome. Uh, yeah. Cause she, like, loved going. Did she have favorite plays? Yeah. Like, there would be plays she would not go see. Really? Yeah. she like would Sweeney Todd? No, I think she actually saw Sweeney Todd. Hmm? She saw Sweeney Todd. She liked it. What were some of the ones that she didn't like? Because Sweeney Todd's kind of gross. She, did, she would not have seen, like, if Hamilton got done, she would never see Hamilton. Why? She just doesn't like, um, she can't keep up with what they're saying. Oh, like it I has see. to be very like, and she really likes like a good love story and all this stuff and everything, you know, um, <laughs> it was real, like, like a she, cute little grandma. Yeah. Well, she loves like, she loves musicals because like she loves the dancing in musicals mm. and she's like, this is amazing. And like how they do all these things. But she also really loves like a really good actor mm. that just does really good stuff. Yeah. But because we saw In the Heights together, which is another like Lin Manuel Miranda yeah. uh, musical. Yeah, like, yeah. Do you know it? Yeah, In the Heights. In yeah. the Heights. Dun, 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 yeah. Dun, dun. Like that takes <laughs> place really in fun one. Yeah, this place takes place in the Washington Heights and everything. And like the very beginning of the show at this community theater, there's this dude doing all these like cool little tricks and like doing some cool break dancing and stuff with spray paint. And she was like, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, 
Yeah. <laughs> in my head, I'm imagining your grandmother to be a person who only watches TV with subtitles on. No. Not yeah. at her at all. So she doesn't watch stuff with... No, she does not watch stuff with subtitles. She watches. She actually doesn't watch TV that much. She reads. Nerd. Like she reads <laughs> so only much. subtitles. No, she she reads all the time. Every every time I go see her, always has a new book she's reading. In my in my head, in my head, it went from seeing your grandmother as someone who only watches TV with subtitles. To, oh, she doesn't do this. She just reads. It's just like, okay, she only reads subtitles instead of like, oh, she reads books. It's like, just like all she does is subtitles. It's like books is just like a movie, no. but with sub, it's just all no, subtitles. No, she really loves history. So she'll read like books on history and stuff. Do you want to talk about Jeremy Hansen? Of course I do. What do you like about it? Oh my God. It's just, I mean, for where I was at in my life, when I heard Dear Evan Hansen, it just perfectly captured like everything I was going through in so many ways. And it's so weird. What do you mean it was weird? Like, it's just so weird. It's just weird to have like someone like perfectly encapture what you're taught, like what you are going through as a person Hmm. for them to just be like, yeah, this is what I'm going through. And you're going through it with me because we feel the same way about everything. Do you want to take a moment before we get into this and explain the plot of Dear Evan Hansen really simply? Yeah. So the whole point of Dear Evan Hansen is basically this guy who has an attempted suicide named Evan Hansen has to start writing letters to himself. And in doing so, a guy named Connor finds this letter who happens to be the brother of Evan Hansen's crush. And when he takes this letter... Later on, he ends up taking his own life. And so this belief that Evan Hansen is actually Connor's best friend happens by Connor's parents. And then Evan Hansen kind of just goes along with it. And it just keeps going from there. Yeah, he's just like caught up in this lie and can't really get out of it. Exactly. He just doesn't know what to do with it, so he just goes with it. Yeah. Because in reality, he kind of likes the lie. And he kind of wants to believe that everything was the way that this lie says it was. Yeah, because, I mean, for for Evan Hansen, he was, like, in the in a very similar boat. Like, he had already tried to commit suicide. And so it was, like, for him, just the idea of, like, having the friend is just such a big piece of it. Yeah. It's why, like, one of my favorite songs of this show is For Forever. And it's him just laying out this lie of like just how we're friends and yeah. just all the things that they would do. Oh yeah. There's one part where they're just talking about how they could talk about things that only friends could talk about. And I'll just sing this piece. There's nothing that we can't discuss like girls we wished would notice us, but never do. It's so good. It re- like that song even resonates with people because everyone knows what it's like to wish at some point in your life, you probably didn't have someone there and to just wish you had a friend there. Yeah. Especially in our generation where we feel very, we are the most connected we've ever been yet feel the most alone that we ever have felt. Yeah. It's also crazy. Cause whenever you have like, I mean, on one hand it's 
so many thoughts so too quickly yeah <laughs> i know because we're talking about something that's just like oh this is like this is the kind of a core piece for understanding the culture currently yeah the culture we live in especially for our generation it's like being connected and also not being connected that song for me resonates very heavily yeah because on one hand i can rejoice in the friendships that i had yeah and it also kind of in a strange way tackles that sort of comparison stuff where the song hits on wanting to like hike together and then write a book and talk to girls and like all these things and have all these stories and for him in the song he's making up all these stories yeah and oh weird kind of connection but it's this is kind of fun. You ready for this? Yeah. So I'm ready for it. I'm just imagining that same imagery of like someone making up all these stories, being the internal thoughts of someone who's sitting at home looking at their friends' Instagrams mm. whenever they're not there with them. Ooh. I Isn't like that, that fun? Yeah, because it's true. It's like you just like yeah, have these hopes. Yeah, because you see people doing stuff without you, and you're like, man, like I wish I could be doing that, or I wish I could be with them doing that. Oh, I mean, that's I mean that's why I love another song from the show. If I could tell her, because he's obsessed with Chloe. I yeah. mean, not Chloe. The um, Zoe. Zoe. Uh but yeah, he's obsessed with Zoe, and she's crazy about how he tells all of this stuff to her. In the sense of saying, like, if I could tell her, meaning if Connor could tell her, but in reality, he's, like, telling her all of these things yeah. about how he notices the, like, smallest details yeah. about how she still scribbles stars on her jeans. <laughs> and it's like, wh- who wouldn't want to be loved like that? Yeah. That someone loves you for the littlest details and notices the littlest things. But yeah. with Evan Hansen, he can't tell her any of this. Because it's terrifying. I mean, that song is wild because, I mean, he's... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the brother who had died in the show, he is, like, a bully. <laughs> and then this dude who's in love with the sisters trying to console her, and she's eating it up. Oh, yeah. Well, she hates... Well, right before the song happens, she literally says in Requiem, which is literally a song about... How her and her parents aren't even sad that her their brother committed suicide, which is insane. Because that's what's become of our generation in the sense that we've allowed ourselves to just believe that people are monsters. And she even says in the song, "When the uh, villain falls, the kingdom never weeps," and it's yeah. terrifying that we could let someone fall like that and just not care. It's just a heartless sort of reality. Because we view everything in our own personal sense of like, you always hurt me. And it's hard because from what we can tell, Connor was a terrible brother. He was yeah. a drug addict at the very least and pretty much hated a lot of people. <laughs> at the very least. I mean, you should watch this show. I mean, it's like... Yeah. but It's just crazy. Like, with that, there's also a sense that he... I mean, exactly what you're saying. Yeah. What you're saying, it's like seeing people as monster. Yeah. And also, this resonates too, is seeing people as being used or usable. Yeah. Instead of, it's like not people you could throw away, but uh, someone that actually cares for. It's like you can't get another family. You can't just up and leave. And your family. You can try, but like. What do you do when your family views you that way? 
I mean, the mother is the only one in that entire song that at least somewhat says, you know, I believe that you're still here with me, so I won't sing any Requiem tonight. But I mean, the father says, you never gave one crap about what I did for you. Why should I care that you died? It's so, it's heartless. It yeah. hurts. But what should we expect? Yeah. And that's the thing. What What is, uh, why are we so mad when we hear that song, but we see what goes on even in our own lives and what we do to other people. And it's like, shouldn't we feel different about someone not dying, but at least feeling having a bad day? Yeah. And we don't. We're like, you're a terrible person. I don't care if you have a bad day. I hope you do. Yeah. I mean, there's so much in between those two things of like, you know, it's like, you know, caring for people or, you know, just like to and from, <laughs> but like people who are bullying, it's like, yeah, like love the bully. Cause they probably want to be yeah. loved or not used to receiving it or like a bully, <laughs> like called to yeah. love well. And it's just, it's wild how easy it is to slip into that space. Yeah. Because it's so Even, like big or small. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. That checks out. Yeah. You're it's so crazy. <clears throat> I kind of got lost in for a second. But the funniest thing about that is, is when he sings that song, if I could tell her to her, then everything feels like maybe he wasn't such a terrible person. Yeah. And then she starts caring. And that's the beauty of the song is not only is Evan Hansen telling her, Hey, I love you, but I can't tell you I love you. Yeah. But he's also changing her mindset about her own brother and being like, your brother wasn't a terrible person, whether or not it's actually true. Yeah. He's still a human being and he's still struggling. And like the fact that he killed himself and you don't even feel bad about it. Yeah. What is wrong with you? Yeah. I mean, it's just hard. And it's just crazy because he like paints that picture for her of. Yeah. Here's all the things that he noticed but it's actually him yeah and it's that's such a that's such a good song oh yeah oh my gosh when he says you know even though it feels like how do you tell someone when you feel like your world's apart from them yeah i think everyone knows that feeling of like at least i do of feeling this way of like i could love you so much better than that person and you don't even know who i am and I think that even relates back to Jesus. I mean, you think about the fact that there are people that don't even know Jesus and he sees how broken their lives are. And he says, I could love you so well, but you don't even know my name, let alone know who I am. Hmm. I mean, that's sad. It yeah. breaks your heart. That's kind of like <laughs> with Jesus, that imagery, just imagining it's like, hearing so many people in my life say tell me stories about jesus i'm like oh like that sounds great and it's changing my yeah idea of what jesus is yeah but realizing that everybody else has shaped how i see jesus yeah <laughs> and then now it's like there's still a time it's like god's not dead <laughs> you know and yeah does that are, are you with me yeah i am <laughs> yeah i gave a talk on one of these retreats i was helping put on and I got up there and I was telling these kids about how like the crucifixion and all this stuff. And I was like, 
You know, guys, Jesus is a simp. <laughs> he does all. He, he did all of these things for us. He died on a cross for us. And we turn around and go, man. It resonated with him because it is true. Like, we go from having this guy. That's such a strange way to oh, say yeah. that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But it, it, you'll never forget that. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things like like within Dear Evan Hansen, like, I'll never forget a lot of the things that they say because they put it in a weird way. Yeah. Because I mean, the, the main character is kind of a quirky guy. Oh, yeah. He's, and like the whole yeah. point of the show is like talking about how. I learned to slam on the brakes before I even turned the key. That's a oh. weird thing to say. That so that's a different that's a different song from the other ones. So and like one of the very first songs, I think it's the second song that he sings. There's a song called "Waving Through the Window," and it's basically Evan Hansen being like, "Yeah, I've spent my whole life feeling like I'm waving through a window," where he says, "I've learned to slam on the brakes before I even turned the key," which is such a weird like idea we have that they present to us, but like it sticks with you throughout the entire show that like, this is a guy who literally is so afraid of letting any part of him out that he stops himself before he even goes. Yeah. I love that line. Yeah. Because it's so, it resonates in a deeper part of us. It's so strange of a line, but it sticks with you. But it paints an image that just, yeah, you know, looking at that image, you're like, how absurd is that? This is a <laughs> this is a tangent, but I mean, it's like with old cars, it's like you would like press the gas and prime it and then yeah. turn the key, or like now they have the push button starts where you have to hit the brakes before yeah. you push, the, <laughs> which is like <laughs> kind of cheating. Yeah, <laughs> now, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know how long that image would stick, but <laughs> that's a fun tangent. Yeah, but it's just like crazy that like he paints this picture that the writers have painted this picture of slamming on the brakes before you turn a key and you know words fail I love because it just encapsulated a lot of my life for me at that point that I heard it of just being like I am so afraid of people seeing what's really there because if they see what's really there, well, they hate it as much as I do, you know? And that's like the battle song of our generation. It's crazy. Because right sad. now with... Yeah, it kind of makes sense because there's a generation where everyone has endless opportunity to be amused by something. Oh, yeah. You know, it's there's a continuous stream of dopamine yeah. released. Oh, yeah. And so it's like... In a way, it's like there's so much imagination potential that's, like, thriving. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I guess we can get into this, too, is that our generation has fallen into this, like, weird state where, for the large majority of us, we grew up on music that told us that all we needed was money, women, and power, and all the fame we wanted. I mean, that was the rap music... That we grew up on in the early 2000s. That's what it all was. <laughs> wait, wait. Luke, are you telling me that you both are a thespian and listen to rap oh, music? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because all music is good music. If it's... I don't know. There's some bad okay, music. Okay, yeah. There's some bad music. But, like, most music, at the end of the day, is trying to tell a story. Most. Sure. Not all. Yeah. And I think that, 
even rap music has its place in a society to tell us something. And I think that I love looking at music because when we look at music from where we grew up to what happened when our generation took over the rap game, it's kind of scary. Because I think rap is like the perfect spot to look at because... <clears throat> Tell me about it. Tell me about rap music. Rap is like one of those genres of music that really took off. Right when we were growing up, it really started breaking ground, really started blowing up. And the rap music we grew up on in the early 2000s and a little bit into the 2010s was all about get money, women fame power all these things and i will be happy with that like you will find your ultimate happiness in that right i mean we had kanye call himself yeezus yeah it's wild know? i mean kanye's story itself is wild. yeah but now like, i mean he, he was also the head of, he's like yeah the ideal person to look at yeah because kanye in did everything area. kanye had the best rap music he had the most women he had his own clothing brand and his own shoe deal with Adidas. Yeah. <laughs> One of the biggest shoe companies in the world he had his yeah. own deal with. And I, I mean, he's also a producer. Oh, yeah. he's produ If you don't like Kanye West, he's probably produced one of your favorite artists. I mean, if you listen to that kind of music. Yeah. No, like if you, if you like Kanye West, he produced Tyler, the Creator. He produced Chance the Rapper. Like he produced the rappers that you probably like if you like rap music. Kanye got so famous that he released a song... That was just saying nonsense. Yeah, because he literally released it to say, I am so famous and so powerful that I can put out a song that literally means nothing and people will still listen to it because I am Kanye West. And the song blew up. Yeah, it, because he proved his point I mean, because it, he is Kanye West. It wasn't just like a song that was just like, oh, haha, we know about this song. It was really, really popular. Yeah. And the song is just a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, because it's Kanye West, and Kanye West can do whatever he wants in that, in that time. Yeah, and then look at what happened with uh, Kanye. Yeah. I mean, Kanye, now, he's a Christian. Yeah. At least as far as I know. Like, yeah. And his music now, it's like, it's religious stuff. Yeah. Even, and even before he put out Jesus as King, you could see him moving towards that. Yeah, I mean, there's the song violent crimes whenever he's yeah talking about becoming a father and yeah. how he hopes that his daughter doesn't grow up like him doesn't grow up like their mother yeah i mean doesn't grow up and like experience this stuff that he's experienced and guys like he had been yeah and now how he loves his daughter yeah but i mean that's like the beauty of it is even kanye west of all people who had everything he could ever want in this world he had the money the woman, the fame, the power realized it didn't satisfy the deepest desire of his heart. And that's what's really scary to yeah. a lot of people now. Yeah. That's why they want to shut him down is because... That's why people say it's crazy. Yeah. Because he is crazy. He, yeah, went, he definitely is a little crazy. He went from ultra secular to literally calling himself Jesus, like playing off of Jesus, saying <laughs> I'm equivalent to Jesus himself. To literally worshiping Jesus. Yeah. And I would also say, he's going to get a lot of stuff wrong. Oh, yeah. And that's okay. 
I mean, he spent so much time yeah. in another world. <laughs> that <Yeah. is laughs> I mean, he spent so much time in the cave, and now he's come out into the light. He's conditioned to be in that other Mindset. powerful world. Yeah. So that now, of course, he's... I'm sure... I'm sure he's battling demons. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, it's it's beautiful in a sense because... Oh, yeah. That's what shows you, you know? Like, even the most powerful rapper in the world can find it. And that's what I think is really funny is, like, our generation grew up on his music, like, the early stuff, when yeah. he was still Jesus. And I always, you know, go to these rappers like Lil Peep, XXX, Tenacion, and Juice World, who all three are dead now. And the saddest part about all of their music was is they had everything that they had grown up believing would make them happy. They got out of wherever they were and got it all. And their entire music was about how they just wanted to feel numb and how they were so lost. Yeah. And it's sad because it's like, what the heck? Where do we go from here? Yeah. And if you don't listen to rap music, those, those guys are were pretty popular. <laughs> oh, yeah. They were three of the most popular rappers in our generation by far. Yeah. Like, aside from the already big name guys, they were three of the rappers that blew up. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely blew up. Like, people listened to them all over the place. And it's crazy. Yeah. And they, you know... I don't know about Lil Peep. I think he died a little later, but Juice World was 21 years old when he died. He was my age when he died. Yeah. XXX Nation was like 19 when he died. It's just crazy. And it's sad. I mean, you look at Mac Miller, too. Yeah, Mac Miller. Yeah. And it's just amazing that, like, our generation has grown up on all of it, and now they're realizing the lies of all of it. But now we don't know where to go. Yeah. It's just crazy how music paved a path in that too. Yeah. I mean, like, it doesn't have to necessarily be rap music. I mean, look at the progression with any other genre. Yeah. You can look at, uh, if you don't like rap music, listen to Matt Mason. Tell me about Matt Mason. Matt Mason's a more like acoustic style guy. He plays a lot of acoustic guitar. Uh, but he, he sings about a lot of the same things about feeling alone, not knowing if he's good enough for any of this stuff and actually involves God in some of his songs and the sense that he like calls on Jesus and Mary to help him because he just feels alone and he knows that there's something there. And he has one song that I love called grave digger. That is literally about him saying, I don't think I'm good enough for this. And I rather like, I think I belong in the grave struggling with the reality that the father calls him, calls him to him. Yeah. And that he doesn't believe he can be as perfect as Mary was. And he's scared of it. Yeah. And it's so good, (laughs) but it's such a strong cry from our generation of all of this stuff we deal with. I mean, it's not just him. I mean, you can look at the greater genre, greater genres of music. You've got, Adele, John Legend, Sam Smith, all of these very <laughs> influential movers yeah. in the music realm who are writing sad songs. Yeah. Or slow songs or love songs. I mean, I guess John Legend is writing love ballads. Yeah. 
But I mean, he, he loves his wife. It's yeah. very obvious. Yeah. But I mean, Sam Smith, look at the stuff that he's writing. It's so sad. Yeah. It's really, really sad. Because it deals with the reality that we live in a society now, in our culture now, that doesn't know what love looks like. And we don't know what love is supposed to be. And we have accepted this lie that basically we believe that having instrumental value for another person is good enough. When like in reality we're created in the image and likeness of God, which means we're created with intrinsic value, meaning you inherently are worth the cross. But we have gone into this belief that we aren't worth anything so that when someone says, Hey, you have some value in the sense that I can use you for whatever I need. We accept it because that's at least some value versus no value at all. Yeah. It's interesting because with the music, you've got a culture of people who can identify themselves with Oh, this yeah. Sad music. Oh, yeah. But no, I mean, you, I've seen a car full of people, everybody yeah. just singing Sam Smith. Oh, yeah. Like, I know I'm not the only one. Yeah. And then none of them are talking about it. None of them are yeah. talking about how, while they're still at a car full of people, yeah. they're terrified or just like inside, just don't know how to let themselves out of that yeah. sort of cage. Because that's why music resonates so much, is because. It's a way to put what you feel to words. Yeah. But then when the music stops, everything goes back to normal. We put back on our fake faces, acting like everything's okay. It's just crazy that that's kind of the norm. I wish it wasn't, but it is. Me too. And I think that's like why people like a rapper named NF has such a big following. Because for those of you who don't know NF, he basically is a Christian rapper, though he doesn't really rap about Jesus. He just raps about his life and his struggles in his life. And if you look at his albums, he progresses from talking about his problems into his therapy, into realizing he needs to change his perception, into searching for the meaning of what he's supposed to be doing. And ultimately coming to the conclusion that other people feel the same way that he does and he doesn't have to be alone in it. And it's freaking crazy. <laughs> like his album progression is one of the coolest things I've ever noticed in my life. <laughs> because to give you like a full breakdown, it goes mansion, which is basically him saying he his heart is like a mansion and he has let all of these things in. And there's all these rooms that hide all of the problems he struggled with throughout his life. And he let fear in one time and he doesn't know how to get fear out of it. Hmm. And then he moves on to therapy session, which is his second album. And therapy session is literally just letting everything out where he talks about his mom and how she left him when he was a kid for pills and how she ended up dying before he graduated. And it's just heartbreaking. I mean, it's how could you leave us as one of the saddest songs I've ever listened to in my life. But the thing with NF is, is he doesn't stay there. And that's the beauty of a rapper like him and a person like him. Hmm. He didn't stay in therapy session. He moved on to go to perception where he starts saying, you know, I need to change. Something's wrong with me. There's something going on here that I don't understand. 
and I'm beginning to learn that my perception is not what it's supposed to be. Which is massive. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Perception is the first album that like went double platinum, all this stuff. Yeah. Um, he blew up on Perception. What's up? <laughs> yeah. Like, people really started taking notice of NF after Perception. Yeah. And then you look at his uh, most recent album, The Search, is literally all about how he's searching for the answers that he wants. And there's just song after song. The entire album, I think, is just perfectly encapsulate what it's like to know that what you want is not of this world, but you don't know where to go from there. Hmm. And last episode I did with Oliver, I talked about like how I reached like a dead end almost. And that was like the search that like really encapsulates that. Yeah. And then he recently put out a, a mixtape because he couldn't fully produce an album yet, but he just was like, I have to get music out. And so on the search, there's a song called Only. And the entire song is about how he doesn't want to believe he can be the only person in the world that feels so depressed and so angry and so upset with his life. And so then when you get to Clouds, it's a really beautiful progression of there's a song called Just Like You. And he says, if I die today, I want you to know that there's a million other people just like you. Wow. Like that you're not alone in this. And there's a line in there that just, oh, so good. Where he <laughs> says, basically that if these are all lies, I rather believe the lies than live in the life that I was living. Like if everything that I believe now after coming out of all of it is just a lie, I rather believe it all. That's insane. Yeah. Because he has music here and there where he talks about God and on the search album he has a song called change and it's literally him talking about how he's like searching for change and there's this one line in uh change where he says last year I felt suicidal this year I might do something different like talking to God though and I was like oops dang bro <laughs> like he just went off and yeah. I was like you understand like he gets it but that's like the beauty of music right now is music can show our life and the way our culture is creating our generation. You can see so clearly what's going on whenever you listen to rap music, but I don't know if, I don't know if for everyone, like every Catholic, if I would encourage them to listen to rap music. Oh yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't encourage everybody to listen to it. I think NF is a great rapper and I don't think he ever talks about anything that shouldn't be talked about but I think that part of me still listens to some of the rappers that I wouldn't recommend other people listening to because it's still like I always like to remind myself where I was in a sense hmm. which is kind of weird but at the same time I stopped listening to it because of the message in it yeah, I mean times. you have to know like where you've been to know yeah I mean it's, oh, yeah. it's powerful to like look at yeah. your history to know like what your gifts are, what your strengths are, how yeah. God work, how God has worked. Yeah, you know, and it's it could be detrimental if yeah. you know you get pulled back into something via yeah, of course. That, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I don't think that everybody needs to listen to rap music, but I think we need to hear the message that's coming out of it. Yeah, 
That's why I think this podcast is cool because I can't imagine after this, my mom, I can't imagine her going and listening to this rap music. Yeah. (laughs) But I think that, I don't think you need to. I think you just need to understand that our generation's crying out. Yeah. And the church has the answer. Yeah. Like we have the answer, Jesus Christ, that can satisfy every desire we have in our heart to feel worthy of love. Yeah. And it's also like, even within the church, like the church is the church because it's a bunch of sinners together. Oh yeah. (laughs) It's not like, Oh, we have the truth. It's like, it's not us. It's God. It's like, we can say that or be in the space because like, or trust in the Lord as we recognize that we need him because we're still sinners. We're still, we're in that position. That's what's beautiful about it is you get to just talk about it yeah, and be like, Hey, I'm just as far off as you are from this, but I know what the guiding light is and I can show it to you. And it's a wild ride. Once you start following (laughs) it, it is definitely a wild ride. Don't understand how I'm still here. I don't understand how I got here. I know. I don't think I ever will. It's all a miracle. But as someone who struggled with all the things that this rap music is sending out as a message, do not be afraid to reach out to these people. Do not be afraid to love them because they need it. Oh, yeah. Like that love that we have as Catholics in our hearts and the answer we have to so much suffering and pain is so valuable. Oh, yeah. Because right now, like, we've adopted this belief that it's better to numb the pain and the good rather, like, to feel nothing at all than to feel pain. But as Catholics, we say the pain can be transformed into something good. And that's so beautiful. Yeah. And so countercultural. Yeah. But it satisfies so much in our hearts. That's so real. That reminds me of that Evan Hansen line yeah. too. Just we have a culture of people who me included, just like used to slamming on the brakes <laughs> before oh, yeah. turning on the key. Yeah. Because Jesus looks at the worst parts of us and loves us. And that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, whenever I look at potential things, like if something's rolling with a girl or if something's yeah. going on, or whatever, I would get so in my head because I've seen so many movies or so many, yeah. heard so many songs oh, or, yeah. you know, just my mind is littered with other ideas that I can't, like, it's hard to be present. And now that's something that I'm, I really try to do is be present in the moment and not let other yeah. experiences feed images. Yeah. But before I realized that, before I knew I needed to work on being present in the moment, if something happened and I wasn't prepared or hadn't, it didn't have a right, a good mindset going into it, I would slam on the brakes before I even turned the key. Yeah. It's so easy to do that with just anxiety and depression and all of these things, just a culture that now more than ever is experiencing all of that loneliness, isolation, even though they're connected and I think, like, the biggest thing with, like, Dear Evan Hansen and, like, this whole idea that we would slam on the brakes before we even, like, show any part of us 
we don't need to do that. No. I mean, you said in part one, you see like me as a different person from the typical person that attends Franciscan. And the biggest reason why is because I realized that who I am is good. Yeah. And, and it's a good thing. Yeah. Like there's a reason you're here yeah. in this room on this podcast yeah, instead exactly. of them. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, you're different. Yeah. And I want to be around you. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing is like, I realized God created me. He didn't create you to be me. He created me to be me and you to be you, <laughs> which is so like, yeah. crazy. But the idea that like people will hate me because of some things I've done in the past may be true right now. And maybe that's prevalent because of all the things that go on in our culture with mistakes people have made. Sure. But like, <laughs> but the thing is, if you're worried about other people judging you, they're probably beating themselves up. Exactly. Just as much, if not more. That's why people don't like me because I don't care. That's, that is like the number one reason why I think people find me quote unquote intimidating is because they literally don't understand why I'm not afraid to be who I am sometimes because I don't care if you don't like me. I know who I am and I know who God has said I am. And if you don't feel that way, I'm sorry, please go to him because he loves you more than anyone else ever could. Yeah. And he loves you in a way that doesn't make sense. Like, conceptually, it doesn't make sense why God loves us to me. Especially not from the school of thought that we are all coming exactly. from right now. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't get it. I I will never understand why he chose me to <laughs> encounter me in the way that he did, to love me the way that he does every single day after every mistake I make. Yeah. I will never get it. I still don't, and I don't think I ever will, because it doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just the beauty of it, is, yeah. like, there's an infinite to marvel at. Yeah, and I mean, but, like, the <laughs> thing is, is, like, I'm okay with that now. I wasn't always, but I'm okay with it now, because I know that every step I take towards him is another step I get to see why, and... You know, for anyone that doesn't think that they're lovable or doesn't think that they're able to be loved, I just encourage you, stop believing the crap. It's not true. It's all just a bunch of crap we filled our minds with because we think we're not good enough. But in reality, as C.S. Lewis put it, if we saw what each other would look like in our state after the end times, we would be tempted to worship them as each other yeah. as a deity ourselves. Yeah. That's who we're called to be. It's literally God-like. And that's something that is so lacking in this culture. And it breaks my heart every day that I see people believing they're not good enough for it. But I'm here to tell you, that's all crap. I don't care what you've done. <laughs> I don't care who you are. There is a radical love that calls me and calls you to love everyone. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what you've done. It's true. All will be brought to the light, but no one will care in heaven. Oh, dude, this is so good.
Stop believing this crap. Oh my gosh, it makes me mad. Because it's all just lies. It's such lies. And as someone who believes them for so long, take it from me, the moment you stop believing the lies and the moment you realize you really are good enough, you are enough for people, and you don't need to keep fighting and trying to survive, and instead just let him take care of it and let him in, your life gets so much easier. Amen. It's crazy. Yeah. And it doesn't make sense. You will never, <laughs> you will sit for there for the rest of your life if you actually do this. And you will say, God, this doesn't make sense. Why do you love me? Yeah. I don't get it. I, I will never <laughs> understand it. And I'm going to keep saying that over and over and over again. And you can cut it out as much as you want, but I will keep saying it. <laughs> I do not understand why. <laughs> the only thing I understand is that God created me to be somebody. I messed up a lot on that road, and I still mess up every single day. And he's still choosing you. And he still decides to call me out into his love, into other people's lives, still decides to bring me here, sitting in this yeah. house, recording a podcast episode, talking about stuff that, for most <laughs> people, you would never hear them speak about ever, because it's scary <laughs> and it's taboo. But guess what? I don't care, because it's not about me, it's about him. His plan over ours. His love over ours. Yes. Dude, that's... Oh, that's so good. And I would just like to say... Stop running. And take the weight off your shoulders and give it to him. And just let yourself be loved by him. Because the moment you do is the moment everything gets better and everything gets easier. And that is a promise I will take to my grave. And if you do not agree with me, come find me. We can talk. Thank you so much for being on here. Anytime. Speaking so much truth. So good. That's what I'm here for. I, I'm glad. I have to repay my debt somehow. I know that's not correct theology, but it is kind of how I think sometimes. Yeah. I love that line of Christ paid a debt he didn't know because we owed a debt we couldn't pay. And our duty after encountering him is to give that love to every person we encounter. That's all we can do. It's funny because like... That's all we want. That's all we should want to do. I mean, God gives it as a gift. You can't earn his love, but like, what do you do? Like, whenever you receive a gift, you, yeah. you use it. Yeah. Like, my mom gave me a guitar. And like, Oh, yeah. And if I didn't play it, it's like... It's not appreciating the gift. It's like God, yeah. God gave me love. So if I don't share the love or like, you know, use the love in a way of like letting it fill me and then give it back. It's like, yeah, I'm not praising God yeah. if I'm not. His love is the greatest it. thing ever given. Yeah. It's literally. And all I can do is give it. It's give literally it to the only thing ever given. Yeah. Heavy theological angle is like. The only thing that has ever been given is love. Yeah. Anything else has been taken. Yeah. And guess what? Even in all the taking, he still gives. Oh, that, oh. And that's why it's so crazy. <laughs> and it doesn't freaking make sense. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Because he's just so radically loving us. It's so beautiful. And he cares so much. 
and he would do it all over again if it meant he could have just one of us in heaven. Yeah. Quick last thing, because I just thought of this, and this is like crazy to me also. Jesus died for us, not so that we would be in heaven with him, but so that we could have the choice to be in heaven with him. That's crazy. He did, he went through all of that. Yeah. Not to guarantee that we would be in heaven, but to guarantee that we would get to make a choice of whether or not we could join him or not. Wild. He's a simp. <laughs> he is a simp. I mean, just imagine, just imagine that in layman's terms of someone giving you a gift and saying it doesn't matter if you use this or not i'm still glad i yeah. gave it to you exactly <laughs> it's like it's like oh i hope you like just like think of all the like extra little inserts after you've been given a gift it's like oh i hope you get some good use out of it oh i hope you wear this oh i hope this i hope that it's like sure like the lord it's like he's just rejoicing in the fact that he like gave it to you yeah it's so beautiful and once you see the beauty you can't do anything but try and show everyone else it's like try see, to get more of it yeah you want to get more of it and you want to bring everyone into it yeah it's crazy yeah it's like finding the best coupon <laughs> and it's infinite and you can give coupons. it to everyone coupons. <laughs> but it's like the most infinite coupon you could ever find and you can give it to everyone you ever meet and then you can't lose it either yeah and you get to decide if you use it ah Coupons. It's a coupon. Oh, coupons. And it's just one coupon. Yeah. But it it's, infinitely is given. It's also easy. It's one coupon. It's like tattooed in your soul. Exactly. That's what's crazy. Deals on deals on deals. <laughs> so many coupons. <laughs> That's so fun. <laughs> Freaking coupons, man. Coupons. Jesus' death was a coupon. <laughs> you gonna use it? You gonna use it? 100% off. <laughs> <laughs> just gotta go to the store. You just gotta go to the church. Cash in. <laughs> just gotta just gotta pray. Oh, dude. Yeah. But yeah, just don't believe the crap. Dude, thank you so much for being on. I'm really grateful. I think there's a lot of beautiful stuff in both of the podcasts that you've been on. Well, dude, you've provided the platform. Dude, I'm just... And I'm, you said yes. I'm so grateful. This, this is so good. Just so everyone knows, I like basically planned out how I was going to ask Oliver to come onto his podcast because I really wanted to. He was scheming. Yeah, I schemed for... like The moment he told me, I was like, I got to figure out a way to wiggle my way into this podcast. <laughs> so... I think you did a good job. I hope I did. I know you did. Good. Thank you for being on. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is Luke. I'm Oliver Sibley. And this is Outlaw Catholic.